defends from dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the SC Playbook podcast presented by Brett Oaten Solicitors. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me tonight is the 2019 NRL Supercats champion, Des Creek. Desi, how are you, mate? Yeah, going well, Tim. Um, yeah, soon to hand over the title. Um, pretty excited to see what happens in these last two weeks. Um, it's obviously close to the top, but I think the lad who's currently coming first. He has a really handy lead and he's played exceptionally the last couple of rounds with some really uh, amazing moves. So, um, yeah, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say he's going to be hard to run down. But obviously we have our fingers crossed for you, Timo, that you can pull it out of the bag. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Yeah, the, the bloke in front, 210 ahead of me. Um, I saw, I think you were telling me, you, you noticed he benched Zach Lomax last week, which that's a title-winning move, that one, because just about everyone had him. Um, so a massive play from him. Uh, also joining us is 2019 Supercoach runner-up, Walson Carlos. Walson, how are you, mate? Timmy, Des, yeah, happy to be here. Mate, are you still alive in your, your draft leagues or have you hit the wall there? Oh, mate, I played um, I played a knockout uh, – sorry, not a knockout game, it was a qualifier game, so – um, and the lad, which people who played draft, he got over a thousand, which is an amazing score. And I got about nine hours. Yeah, nine hundred normally win you a game, but um, unfortunately it didn't. He had Daniel Tupu and a few others, so I play a knockout match this uh, this weekend. And as we'll talk about, it's been both teams, myself and my opposition, have been decimated with some of these team changes. So it's going to be an interesting, and it's going to be an interesting one. I'm not confident, but. Uh, Mate, you are the main talking point at the moment. I'm vicariously <laughs> through your team, as all the SC Playbook followers would be. So, mate, I just um, I'm just hoping you can jag a big big round and put yourself in that top five, and um, yeah, really have a crack at it in that last round. Yeah, cheers, mate. The um, the support's been unreal. Like I've got what you boys around with the spy dishing out advice. All the the SC playbook followers have been sending in their well wishes for the last couple of rounds. So it's been it's been bloody fantastic. So it's been it's been a fun few weeks. I'm not sure if the next few weeks are going to be fun. Now that I'm sort of I'm into seventh overall and knocked off knocked out 350 last week, um, which was yeah pretty got solid score there. But, yeah, a couple of big weeks ahead. So hopefully get take a bit of an opportunity there and maybe rise up. But we'll wait and see. I think the Bunnies game on Thursday night's a big one for me. As mentioned earlier, the SC Playbook podcast is sponsored by Brett Oaten Solicitors, a law firm specialising in the entertainment, media and tech industries. If you need intellectual property, contract or other business advice, visit brettoaten.com.au. You can contact Brett anytime to find out more about his firm services or his Supergrats draft five-year plan. Uh, that's super interesting, that one. We're actually going to get Brett on probably for the the recap show after the regular season finishes, um, talking about a draft keeper league. So it's an adaptation of NRL Supercats draft, and you actually carry your players into the next season. I genuinely never heard about it until I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago for the first time. Um, so he's going to come in and explain that, and it's it's pretty interesting listening, so we'll check that out. Are they bringing, um, that, in? Are they bringing that one in, Timmy? Or it's already in. It's already in. Oh wow! Because I, I play in a um, draft keeper league for NFL fantasy, and it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's really good. 
that's it. I'd, I'd honestly never heard of it, and he was telling me about it, and it, it sounds fun. Like, it's, it throws draft and super coach on its head. Like, it's a completely different ball game, but, I mean, it sounds like good fun. Um, guys, we, we were going to sit there and, and have a bit of a chat about my side and a couple of the decisions I was had to make this week, which would have obviously coincided with a lot of the decisions that um, everyone out there had to make for head-to-head finals, but... The team list were just absolute carnage this week, so there's absolutely no need to do that because I think a lot of my decisions have been made for me, um, and I think there's so much to talk about in the team list that we're just going to crack into it. We might even go for a little bit longer tonight because there's so many questions to answer, especially people to hold and sell um, with a, a lot of big names getting injured or rested. So we'll get stuck into it with the Rabbitohs and Bulldogs on Thursday at 7.50pm at ANZ Stadium. At the Bunnies, Jackson Paulo returns on the wing for the suspended Dane Gagai and Hame Sele replaces Pat Margo on the bench. At the Dogs, Tim Lafay returns at centre with Dallin Wateni Zelezniak moving to the wing and Nick Meany dropped. Back rower Matt Dury is injured. Chris Smith starts at lock. Josh Jackson returns on the edge. Luke Thompson returns at prop. And Renoff Tuimaga drops to the bench alongside the recalled Sione Katoa. Dean Britt drops to 18th man. Desi, I'll start with you, mate, but this looks like a pretty one-sided affair because although they only just got out of jail last week, the Bunnies, they look pretty damn good with ball in hand and the Dogs against Manly uh, were the polar opposite to that. Their defence was absolutely shot. Um, who do you like in it from a Supercoach perspective in this game? Yeah, you'd, you'd have to think most of the games this week are actually going to be pretty one-sided. Um, but, yeah, the, the Rabbits will carve them up in this one. There's no doubt. Cody Walker's... He's probably the obvious VC choice. Um, he's looking really dangerous, sweeping left and right, which is a good sign for his owners. Um, I, I actually really like cooking this one as well. If you want a cheeky shot at a big VC score early in the round, um, the dogs are the sort of team that could just completely fold to sort of relentless pressure up the rock from Cook and Murray. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Cook, Murray and Walker all clock up 100-plus scores this week. Um Obviously, uh, Murray's going to need to try to do that, but I think the Dogs are the perfect team for Murray to finally get over. Yeah, I like it, mate. I've invested pretty heavily in South Sydney players. I've got Cook, I've got Walker, uh, and I've got Murray. Murray, who I've just had put my faith in all season, he just... He's notching these 50s and 60s and that. He's not not quite been going bad enough to sell, but not quite good enough to go big, but... Minutes are a massive worry for Murray this week if the Bunnies do that to a good lead. They were absolutely rampant against the Tigers last week. I was waiting for the Tigers to just buckle and then the Bunnies to put 50 on them. But um, to their credit, the Tigers dug in in that second half when every time the Bunnies would get a chance in the 20, they'd score or create a good opportunity. But the Tigers just dug in and the Bunnies didn't get many. But I'm thinking this week could be the week. And I think Cody Walker, you mentioned it, um, I've never seen him sweep so far to the right side of the field, typically being left. Uh, I think Cody could be going big. The only thing is that Bunnies do play what will be a full-strength Roosters next week, so I don't know if I'd be trading any of them in. Wallace, what are your thoughts on it, mate? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it, it was a really strange game, the Bunnies uh, versus the Tigers. I just thought the Bunnies would go on with it. and um, yeah, like you said, the Tigers crept back into it. But they'd shown some form in doing that the week before against Manly. So if you put that down to the Tigers, you'd have to think um, the Bunnies will, you know, put in a more thorough performance um, this week after reviewing that. Um, they seemed to, it turned into a momentum game. So whoever had the momentum was scoring the points, but they'll be keen to stop that going into finals. I think the big in 
is number 18, Tavita Totola. He really stiffens up their forward pack. Um, means Liam Knight pushes back to the bench. I'm not sure Liam Knight's been as good as everyone thought he was going to be this year, so um, he's got a bit to work on. He's one of them players, a bit like Matt Lodge, that the rule changes really haven't suited him at all, and I think he's come out publicly and said that. Um, but Tavita Totola and Tom Burgess, you know, they really push up well off um, Damian Cook and get those quick play the balls that Cameron Murray can play off the back of. So uh, I think this will be a comprehensive win for South Sydney, and I think, you know, I think uh, Campbell Graham, if you've got Alex Johnson, I don't think many people have him, but, you know, even Jackson Paulo, um, Cody Walker, they're all plays, obviously Cook and, and Murray as well. Yeah, I've spoken to you boys about it off air, but I've got Jackson Paulo on my bench. He's just been sitting there, haven't really had a chance to tra- chance to trade him. Um, we're a- actually talking about maybe going him over David Nofaluma in my centre wing this week. That's how nuts this year is. But with the matchups that are on hand, it's it's definitely one to consider. Moving on to the Cowboys and Panthers, Friday 6pm at QCB Stadium in Townsville. At the Cowboys, Murray Tuolangi replaces Justin O'Neill at centre and Corey Jensen start to prop with Francis Molo moving to lock for the suspended Josh Maguire. John Aziada is suspended with Emre Pere and debutant Ben Condon called up onto the bench. Gavin Cooper's been listed to start with Tom Gilbert on the bench. The big news is Jason Taumalolo, though, who's been named in Jersey 18 and is a chance to return. Whether or not he's going to get the minutes going forward for the next two weeks, who knows, because it seems a massive risk to, to play him in a game that means absolutely nothing for them. Um, but the big, big news in this one is that the Panthers, with plenty of talk about blokes getting rest at Penrith this week, uh, a little bit from Ivan Cleary, and, you know, Mitch Kenny's in at hooker for Appy Corusau following his head knock last week. James Tarmo also sits out. Moses Leo to start to prop. Kurt Capel and Jack Hetherington in, in his first game back from a Warriors loan deal joins the bench with Zane Tedavano also out. Desi, I'll start with you, but, mate, I'm looking at the reserves in this. You've got Dean Vare and Charlie Staines, outside backs who Ivan Cleary is going to want to get game time into. Matt Burton, who you'd think he definitely wants to get game time into going into the finals. Uh, and then Billy Burns, a back rower. It looks to me like there's a fair chance that there could be some rest coming. At least they're the second game in the round, so we'll get a bit of an idea of it. What do you reckon? Do you think he sticks with the 17 he's got, or do you think there'll be changes? Um, I, I think he might stick to it, actually. Um, we, we saw when the, the Panthers travelled up to uh, Queensland last time against the Broncos, they... They really kind of just wanted the two points and then just to get get out of there, get out of Queensland. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they take that approach in this game as well, just try and secure the two points. They, they may well rest Luai or Cleary, but I, I, I don't think so, to be honest. I think Cleary is a pretty safe captain choice this week for anyone highly ranked. He's, he's pretty guaranteed to score 85-plus, even if they do sort of grind it out for the two points. He'll get some routine try assists and the goal-kicking. But if, if they do go hammer and tongs at it, he does have the potential to go 150-plus in a game like this. So it would be very tough not to just sit and forget the armband on him this week and have to deal with any sort of AE nightmares if you try and VC him in this one. Um, uh, I'm not sure about the wingers. I think Tor and Mansell will probably play, and I think I think they'll both score some tries in this one as well. They're both in form, so I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they do get rested. Yeah, 
it'll be it'll be the most anticipated team list of the week because anything could happen. Um, I, I just get the vibe. I know Cleary said two week, oh, a few weeks ago that all the players just all the word out of Penrith HQs that they want to be out there, they want to be playing. No one wants to rest, which is all good and well. But when you've been up for as long as they have, um, they haven't had a loss since Parramatta in round five or something. Um, you just think it's the perfect opportunity. They've pretty well got the minor premiership sewn up if they win one of the next two games. I mean, they should be winning this run pretty comfortably. Uh, I think it just seems like a perfect chance to give a couple of blokes rest. What do you reckon, Wiles? Yeah, it's a predicament for the coach because, I mean, he wouldn't want to lose that momentum they've got from that winning streak, but there's also a train of thought that, um, you know, a loss or, you know, even a rest for the players and maybe they eke out a win with their with a lesser side is is going to be better for them. And also, I, I think the big factor in this is the travel. Um, the fact that, like Desi said a couple of weeks ago, they travelled up to Brisbane and then came back. I think it's still same-day travel. I don't think they're allowed to play, uh, stay in motels. So it is quite taxing for, for teams that maybe they are allowed to stay in motels. I'm, I, I'm not certain <coughs> about that. But if it is same-day travel, I mean, you know. Yeah, same day or it, in and out yeah. in a day. Well, well, there you go. I mean, like, you know, and Townsville is not the easiest place to get in and out of. Um, so, yeah, like I think he'd be very, very tempted to, to rest a few blokes that have been up for a long time. Um, one that I I think, you know, I can see, uh, you know, Vare and Charlie Staines are, uh, are, on, are looming on the extended bench there. You know, you've got, you know, Mansour, Brent Naden, maybe Crichton. So they're the type of blokes you'd probably look at. I don't think he'd rest Brian Toto just because he's come back from injury unless he's carrying some niggling injuries. Um, and then in the halves, you've obviously got Burton, who's a good replacement for either Luai or, or Cleary, you know. So either of those two, you know, could get rested. So, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, just a shout-out to Benny Condon. He's, um, he's a Rockingham Grammar School boy, the school that I'm teaching at at the moment. So um, it's good to see him uh, that the the school hasn't had a NRL player for for a number of years. Uh, had Jason Hetherington and and Gary Larson come through here um, that played NRL. But um, yeah, good luck to Benny Condon on the weekend as well. Yeah, nice mate. What uh, what's Condon got to offer as a footballer? Mate, he's a very big body. Um, he came through uh, with the side that uh, won the Confraternity Shield, which is. Uh, uh, a really big big carnival up here for the independent and Catholic schools. Um, it's normally dominated by Ignatius Park, the, the Townsville School and and St. Brendan's College, but um, Rockhampton Grammar won it a few years ago and he was captain and um, he's just, he, I, I believe they took him there. He, he was a lock that had a really good offload, um, but I think they took him there to develop him to, you know, like a front rower or a middle forward and, um. Yeah, he's. He, you'll see him. He's. He's well built. He's. He's um, very tall and um, solid. And yeah, he's. He's got a good game. But uh, play, coming up against the Panthers is going to be a baptism of fire. Yeah, that is a savage NRL debut. At least it's in Townsville for him, which is exciting. But yeah, we'll be riding home. Home, Benny Condon. Um, all I can say is thank God this game is the second one of the week. If this was the last game of the week with changes that could happen anywhere, with the amount of changes we've already had to team list, it would just be savage. Um, just a final little note on the Penrith side. Isaiah Yo played 55 minutes last week. That was with two H- HIAs in the game. 
Um, you know, he's another guy who, who's probably clear he's not going to want to play massive minutes this week if he can help it. Um, so he'd be a bit of a worry, but, I mean, with all the injuries and rests, it's probably a luxury to trade him or sit him this week. But if you can, I don't mind the idea of sitting Isaiah Yo. A lot of people will be looking at James Fisher-Harris to bring in for Payne Haas or potentially for Noah Blake if he does end up dropping off that team sheet. Um, I'm just not convinced on Fisher-Harris. He played 77 minutes last week because of the HIAs, 64 minutes the week before that. Uh, Prior to that, rounds 11 to 16, he didn't have a score over 54 points. Hasn't missed a game this year. Has played big, well, pretty big minutes every week. He just looks screams like a bloke who's probably going to get a bit of a rest at some stage and maybe play less in minutes. So, uh, plenty to think about with that Penrith lineup. So we'll see how it pans out come game day. Moving on to the Eels and Broncos Friday, seven fifty-five PM at Bankwest Stadium at Parramatta. Reed Marnie returns from a shoulder injury at hooker with Ray Stone out, and Will Smith retains a bench spot <clears throat> at the Broncos. Payne Haas and Reese Kennedy are out, while 5'8 Sean O'Sullivan has been dropped. Brody Croft suffered a head knock at training today, so he's not been named. Tyson Gamble starts in the halves. Ben Teo and Joe Offengawi start up the front. Jamil Hopawade and Ethan Bullimore return on the interchange. A uh, quick note on Payne Haas, who is obviously the, the, one of the biggest news of the weekend, came out today. He's left the bubble for family reasons, as we saw, but it's not a definite that he'll miss next week. Um, so just wait for news during the week. And if there is word that it maybe comes back into the bubble, which we've seen players do at times this season, he might be available next week and would be a huge inclusion. So just keep an eye on that one. Um, Des, who do you like in this game? Obviously, the Eels, you'd think, would be putting on a score. Um, would you be sitting guys like Staggs and Fafida? Um, are the Eels guys like Moses and Sevo who take your interest? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I really uh, – I would say watch Mitch Moses in this one. He's, he really is due an explosion – he hasn't really done what he did last year. No massive 120, 130 scores. But this is definitely the game to do it. It's the third game in the round, the third game in a row where it's just going to be a walkover for one team. Um, the Broncos really have nothing to offer at all. Carrigan's the only consistent player. I mean, you've got Fafita and Staggs, who are both still playable options for sure. But I wouldn't really be holding my breath after last week's performance against the Titans. They're just as likely to do the same thing again. They basically need tries, and you, you can't really guarantee them tries against the Eels. I mean, the Eels haven't looked particularly amazing lately, but I still think they'll put a big number up in this one. We could see guys like Sevo and Fergo f- finally put some big supercoach scores on. So um, I, I really like Madison and Nathan Brown as well. They could jag some attacking, attacking stats, so... I, I think it'll be a feast for the Eels players in this one, but Stags and Fafita, they're still 50-50 playable options for mine. Yeah. Desi, uh, lots of people on the lookout for a replacement for Payne Haas. Paddy Carrigan's obviously got to be top of the list for anyone who doesn't own. Um, he played, dropped to, I think, 67 minutes last week. But with Haas out, I think he has to play 80 minutes. The other one in this game is Junior Paulo, who we know how good he can be in Supercoach. But we saw, because of back spasms, his minutes reduce a little bit uh, for a few weeks there. Played 55 minutes last week, played 62 minutes this week. Uh, is that enough to suggest that he's a good replacement for Payne Haas, or would you be looking elsewhere? Yeah, I think with 55 and 62 minutes, Paulo's pretty – yeah, he's pretty much a lock. Um, but he, re- he hasn't been scoring amazingly ever since that back injury. They can be pretty debilitating. 
Um, so I, he's been, he looks like he's just running a lot more decoy runs. He's been taking it easy. Um, but yeah, on those minutes, he's still definitely a, a fine replacement, I'd say. Yeah. The one issue with Paulo I do have, uh, it's a bit of a mixed one for him because he's played big minutes the last two weeks because they've been two games, uh, two tight games, should I say. Parramatta need to win to keep to stay in the top four. The Raiders are breathing down their neck. I think if they win one of their next two games, they're locked in uh, or pretty close to it. But uh, if they do get out to big leads, you'd think Paulo will be due for a very early rest because uh, Brad Arthur will be looking to manage those back spasms. Walsh, what are your thoughts on this game, mate? Bit to dissect there. Yeah, I'd probably avoid Junior Paulo just because, like you said, um, yeah, he could go big, he could go nuts and, you know, offload five or six times in the first half and, you know, the Bronx could maybe keep it close. I, I, given Looking at this side on paper, I can't see how the Broncos keep it close. This is one of the worst Broncos sides I've ever seen named on paper. Um, you know, you take Payne Haas out of there, someone's going to have to pick up the slack and it's a lot of slack to pick up. So, yeah, I, I just I just can't see... Um, the Broncos competing that lifeless against um, Titans, you know, after scoring that try, you know, Boyd scored a try for Ricochet, but then they didn't, they gave nothing. So, yeah, you couldn't play Stags or Fafita with, with any confidence, although I will say this is Fafita's going to be lining up against either Jai Field or Mitch Moses. Now, neither of those yeah. is going to win any tackling contests. So um, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty decent matchup for Fafita. Um, and Staggs is capable against anyone. The, Jennings is a pretty good defender, but Staggs is very, very slippery customer. It's just whether they they want to go out there and have a crack because I don't feel like they really did against against the Titans. And I think they're they're pretty much you know getting ready for the end of the year. It's just a season that they want to end. I think so. I expect you know if you've got Parramatta players, you know rip in and play them. I'd say so. It's, it's been a bit like I don't know about you, what you blokes think, but. It's been a bit over the top, the hysteria about Parramatta, like, you know, you know, former players coming out and saying that they're – like, to me, they don't look like a, a team that hasn't been trying. Like, I think they've been trying their guts out and they're just not up with those top three teams. Like, they're, they're just they're, – they're not up to that standard without Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown makes them probably, you know, a puncher's chance of winning the comp, but without Dylan Brown, you know, they're just clearly a side that's fourth or fifth, but – can't really compete with, you know, Penrith Roosters in Melbourne. So um, I'm not sure what all the, you know, people are saying that there's blokes not trying or they're out of form or whatever. It doesn't look like that to me. Like they, they try their guts out in defence. They just um, they don't have the cattle to compete with those best sides. That's it, mate. They cop an absolute hiding from the, the public and, and even their fans, but they're sitting in the top four. You know, they've got a good defensive record this year. Um, they, I thought they were really, really good against Penrith last week. That They are in that game. I shouldn't say in that game up to their teeth, but they were putting everything they had into it. Um, at the end of the day, they came up against a better side. Penrith were just too good for them. But, you know, Parra can still give this competition a shake. Um, I don't know what the word is on Dylan Brown, if he's maybe a chance at back for finals, but he's the key to them. 
I will say one thing, they're a bit of a momentum side, Parramatta. When they get their tails up, they can put on points. When their confidence is up, they look exceptional. A game like this against a depleted Broncos, if they can put on 40 or 50 points, which I think they will, um, it could be just what they need leading into the finals. Whether or not it will give them a false sense of security and belief, I don't know. But I think this this game could do them absolutely wonders, Parramatta. So, you know, we'll see what they can take out of it. But I do hope they bounce back and, and win this well and, and give a bit of a sniff come finals time. Moving on to the Seagulls and Titans, Saturday 3pm at Lotto Land. <clears throat> at the Seagulls, Lockie Croker starts in the halves after Cade Cust's injury last week. Danny Levi is back starting at hooker and Corey Waddell joins the interchange. Tommy Turbo is back in the extended squad in jersey number 21, which is huge news, particularly with James Tedesco getting a rest this week. More big news for Adam Fanua-Blake owners. I might be the only one, but Adam Fanua-Blake's also been named to play uh, at the Titans, Kevin Proctor returns from suspension in the second row in place of the injured Bo Firma, which is great news for auto emergencies and VC loophole opportunities. Tana Boyd replaces Aaron Clark on the bench. Desi, you're manly. What have they got here? Are they going to get a winner? Yeah, I've been dreading this game for a while now because I think the Titans will, will beat them. Um, I'm just not convinced on manly. The, the Titans are on a winning streak. I, I can see them winning this one, to be honest. Um but yeah, super coach wise, obviously DCE is the main man for Manly. Um, a lot of people have decided to bring him in as a late pod, um, which I thought was a pretty good move. He's been on fire. Um, he could average a hundred from here out. So even if Manly do lose this game, I think DCE will score pretty well. Um, yeah, obviously Turbo. If he is named to miraculously named to play, I say go for broke and get him in. Because there's just no way Manly would play him unless he's 100%. So if he's playing, he will be fully fit. And that makes him a trade-in for mine. I reckon go for it. Obviously not in your position, Timmy. Probably not. But for anyone else, bringing him in and captain him, I reckon it, it could be a cheeky play. Um, yeah. For the Titans, obviously, Brimson has been a little quiet recently. But he still looks pretty dangerous with attacking ball, so I expect him to bounce back with a decent score this week. Um, Fodu Aker is the other one. He's been getting increased minutes up to around 75 or 65, 70 minutes of late, which has just bolstered his base start to a solid 65, 70 week in, week in, week out. So he's also another one who could be a replacement for Haas. Yeah, I've arguably got arguably got Fodder Waker at the top of my replacements uh, to replace Payne Haas. Three-round average of 69 points in, as you said, around about 70 minutes. Um, I think he's, yeah, he's been named. He's still in the front row this week. They've got Tyrone Peachy there in the back row. Um, I mean, they've got Arrow, Lasone, and Whitbread on the bench is the only issue. They've got three middles there, obviously Tarner Boyd at 14. So whether or not he loses minutes there. But, I mean, that, they've shown lately that, that they want to play Fodawake in big minutes, even with pretty close to a full-strength side on deck. So, I mean, you know, here, here or there, but I think they want to play Fodawake in 70 minutes. So I think he's a great replacement option. Walsh, Tommy Turbo, get him in or not for Teddy this week? Not me, just the general supercoach public. Would you be doing I think, it? I, I think a lot of people won't have the trades, you know. There's a lot of problems going on. So, uh, the answer is probably yeah. If you can get him in, get him in because it's the biggest. It'll be one of the biggest pod plays you can do, and you know he's proven. Um, if he comes back, he's not going to come back like Des said. You wouldn't imagine he'd come back and pop a hammy again um, after all this time out. So uh, 
Uh, I'll be very interested in this game just purely on the fact of looking at all four of those um, extended bench reserves. I wouldn't be surprised if three or four of them came in, including the young Ben Trebojevic. I mean, there's been no talk of it, so you'd normally hear of that, but um, there's been a bit of talk that Garrick will come back in. Uh, obviously, Turbo will play. Um, I'm not convinced that uh, Adam Fanil Blake will play, given the way he limped off last week. So, you know, um, Ola Kwa-Ta-Atu could play as well. So, yeah, keep your eye on that game. I think Manly should win, particularly if Turbo plays, but the Titans have been spirited. I mean, people, again, I think they're getting a little bit carried away with how good they're going to be next year. I don't think I don't think they're going to be top four or anything like that. I think they'll struggle to, struggle to make the eight, to be honest, but um, they'll certainly be better than what they've been this year. Yeah, Desi, as a Manly fan, if Garrick does come back in, do you see him taking the kicking duties from DCE or not? I'd say so, yeah. I mean, DCE's been he's been decent, but Garrick's he hasn't been great this year, but he was he was very good last year, so yeah. I think he's he's the better kicker long run. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see what they do because if they if Tommy Turbo does come in, he'd come in obviously coming at fullback. Funa would probably push to the wing. Um, they're not going to drop Morgan Harper, the form that he's in. So whether or not whether or not there's room for Garrick there, if Funa goes to centre for Brad Parker and Garrick came in for Miski on the wing, I suppose that's pretty viable. Yeah, um, I, I think like Miski Miski could drop out. Even Alba Popoati could drop out if they wanted. Yeah, true. Push Brad Parker to a wing or play Ben Trebojevic on a wing. Like, um, I think you'll see a fair bit of this, you know, young fellas just getting a taste of um, NRL because it makes a lot of sense. You don't normally have this in an NRL season. You know, you're normally playing, um, yeah, well, every game counts for something. And it's not that these games don't count, but um, it's a great opportunity to blood young talent. Yeah, the um, the probably one and just about only sob story from Supercoach I've got this year. I'm not in too much a, a position to complain. I've had a pretty fortunate year in rubber the green a lot of the time. I've had injuries, but not many mid game ones. The one position I cannot get right the last month has been the front row one. I traded Carrigan about three or four weeks ago as an antipod. Got in Papali. He got injured. Got Adam Fanua Blake at the last minute for him last week. Adam Fanil Blake got injured, so I might have to use my final two trades on Haas and AFB, which would be a pretty big blow. So I'm praying AFB does play, but I mean, even so, with that injury, it's a bit of a worry. Anywho, not to worry there. Right, the Moving. good thing about it is, Timmy, that um, Mo Fodawaka plays in the same game, so you could go, you go straight mm-hmm. to him, or you know, the game following it. Like, there's a couple of decent options, like Christian Welsh. Is a, is a bit of a sleeper there. He, he's got some offloads in him, so um, there's a few options there for you. Yeah, that's it. The, the early in the round helps so, so much. Um, lads, let's jump into our bold predictions of the week. We came back to earth last week after a good round with an absolute stack of fails. Thankfully, Desi ticked off one for us. Des had Teddy 120-plus, which is a fail, Cleary 100-plus, which he just snuck in, and then he had Munster and Smith to combine for 220 points, which was a fail by four points. So that was so unlucky. Oh, damn. Oh, my favourite time of the week, recapping the Spy's predictions. The Spy had Teddy 110-plus, fail. Cody Walker 85-plus, that was a fail by three, and he got done on the down date, so that was a bit unlucky. 
He had Jerome Luai sub 35. He missed out on that by about 80. And then he had Nico Hines to go 75 plus, which I think Hines got about half of that. Uh, in the Spies' defense there, Hines looked exceptional and was so close to so many big attacking stats, but just could not jag them. And the Spy went his, with his gut and actually brought in Hines last week. So he'll be hoping that he can, he can pay him back this week. Uh, I wasn't much better, to be fair. I had Tony Staggs to go two tries and 90 plus. That was awful. Why I put my faith in the Brisbane outside back, so I've no idea. Cody Walker, 100 plus. That was a fail, not by a heap, but by enough. And then 0 from 3, Cam Munster, 100 plus. He got 97, so I missed out by three there. Let's see if we can better it this week. Desi, you jagged one last week. What have you got for us? I'm going Cook, 120 plus against the Dogs. Um, yep. Brian Tor, 120 plus against the Cowboys. And for the last one, I'm go- actually going to go Ponga, sub 70 against the Dragons. Ooh, what's the thoughts behind that, mate? Because Mason Lino's out. Um, Tex Hoy at 5'8", we'll get to later. But Ponga kicking again. What? Why the no love for KP? Oh, it's called bold predictions. I don't have him, but I might actually be, <laughs> I might be forced to bring him in this week, to be honest, with Teddy out. Yeah, so, that's all right. I don't know. I, I just oh, – every time I bring him in, he burns me. So that's why I've got it. <laughs> so it'll happen again. Fair logic. Uh, whilst you're in a bit of form, uh, you actually you put a th- few up on Twitter. Um, you weren't on the podcast week, but you put them up on the Twitter, which I, I didn't get up. But do you know how you ended up going? Yeah, I think I had four of them. I was just having a look then, Timmy. So I had AFB 90-plus, um, so that was no good. Ryan Madison 90-plus, which was no good. Um, Payne Haas and David Fafita 180-plus, which was no good. <laughs> and Munster 100-plus. So I think Munster- 97 did he get 97, did he? He got 97 because I had the same prediction. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there you go. I didn't get one. So so between the four of us, we got one from about 14. Yeah. What do you got this week, Wiles? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have um, Cameron Murray, 110 plus. Oh, please. Uh, yeah. Just please, Cam. Thanks, <laughs> Jai Field, 90-plus. Yeah. Tom Trebojevic, 130-plus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he might come back with a bang. I just remember these, this one game when he came back from injury and he just tore the um, the Warriors apart. I think he got about 160 or 170. So he tore his hamstring off the bone in the process, did he? Nah, he didn't actually. I think he did it the next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he should be right for this week. And um, yeah, I think that'll do me. Three, three is good. They're very bold, mate. You've been hanging out with Desi too long, but I like it. Um, I've gone Cody Walker to go 110 plus. I think the bunnies could absolutely pump them there. So I really, really do hope Cody Walker gets in on the action there. Well, if they pump him, Cody will be in on the action. Mitchie Moses to go 90-plus. I think the Eels will massacre the Broncos there. I think it's a Bankwest. Um, so, yeah, Moses 90-plus. And then Nofaluma, who I'm looking at benching this week to go sub-40 against the Storm. Uh, the Storm wingers have the – the Storm concede the least amount of points in the competition to wingers. Uh, he'll be attacking against Olam and Adokar, who are Ding up pretty well this year. Same edge, Kenny Bromwich, Cam Munster. Um, so, Nof has got his work cut out this week. So, we'll go with that. <clears throat> Guys mentioned earlier that Brett Oaten is on board this year as a major sponsor. 
Brett provides intellectual property and business advice for the entertainment, media, and startup industries. For more than 20 years, Australia's leading entrepreneurs and creatives have relied on Brett and his team to help their businesses grow. If you wanted to discuss Brett's services, contact him through brettoten.com.au. You can see a list of his clients there, and there's a special discount for SC Playbook listers, which is super cool stuff. Brett's music clients are ridiculous. They include Bliss and Esso, Jessica Mowboy, Guy Sebastian, Parkway Drive, among stacks of others. Check out his website to see the full list of them there. Guys, we'll continue on with the analysis of the games, and we move on to the Storm and Tigers, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. at Sunshine Coast Stadium. At the Storm, still no Ryan Pappenhausen. Christian Welch returns at prop. Nelson Sofasola Solomona moves to lock. Tino Fasua Malawi moves to the bench, which is a blow for anyone who was maybe looking at him as a pod. And Daryl Sconning drops out. Brandon Smith is a chance to return after being named in the 18. At the Tigers, Joey Leilua replaces Tommy Talao at centre. And Josh Reynolds replaces the suspended Luke Brooks in the halves. Sam McIntyre starts in the back row with Luke Garner to the bench. Russell Packer and Zane Musgrave have been caught up on the bench with Elijah Taylor and Jacob Little dropped. Desi, few pretty tempting storm blokes here. I mean, Munster and Cam Smith, we don't really need to add too much about. Is there anyone else that uh, tickles your fancy there uh, at the storm? Um, yeah, like you said, I think I think it really is a Smith and Munster show. Last week I had a bit of a rant about Ado Carr. I think he's a decent enough pod, but... Last week he scored a try and he still only managed 40-odd points. So, I mean, if, if you're going to get him in, you really want like a double from him if he's going to produce anything of super coach relevance. Um, I think the Storm will kind of strangle this this game out. So, it'll be, yeah, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how Nofo goes. Um, if he can walk away with a respectable score, I'm pretty sure he'll be in most people's starting sides come 2021. But I'd assume a lot of people would actually be sitting him out this week if they do have the depth, um, just because of that storm left edge of Monster, Adokar, and Olam. But yeah, other than Smith and Monster, there's really not much here. But I think they'll just tear them up, to be honest. Yeah, there's not heaps to talk about. Um, you're obviously going aside from Munster and Cam Smith. Whilst I suppose I'm. I'm you actually talked me into it a little bit off air, but potentially playing Jackson Paulo against the Dogs there with obviously plenty of try scoring opportunity. And I think he'd probably play on the right edge, which would be really good. Well, not really good, but the fact that Cody Walker's shifting to the right is good. Kurt Mann's out, so a lot of people won't have him, won't be able to play him. Would you be playing Jackson Paulo over David Nofaluma or Katoni Staggs? Which two of the three would you go with? Uh Based on what I did last year, I'd play Paulo and then I'd see how the round progressed about who else I'd play. I, I really liked the idea of playing guys early in the round because um, you can get ahead, you can get a long way ahead. You can also, you know, get a little bit behind and sometimes you have to chase to make up for that. You know, sometimes I'd compensate by picking a bit of a risky captain and that type of thing and, and captain's going to be big, obviously. Um, because I can tell you, like, a lot of people will probably go Cleary but um, for the captain, but, you know, there's a good chance that if they get up, you know, to a decent score against the Cowboys, or even if they don't, that he might get rested for a portion of the game if he goes up there to play. So I don't think Cleary's just a clear-cut captain um, opportunity. So, yeah, back on back onto that, I, I would I would play Paulo, you know, because I think he gives you that pod value and and then you can decide what to do later in the round. Like I don't think 
<laughs> you know, famous last words, but I just don't think Noffa's going to go um, 65, 70-plus against Melbourne. I just, you know, I, I feel like, you know, he, he's probably due for a low one. He'd have to score a try to get that type of score against Melbourne. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, mate. Um, and the, the awkward thing with Cleary as well is Tyrone May is so versatile. We know Tyrone May's played most of his footy in the halves. So even if they do stick with the 17 that's been named, May can slot into the halves more so than slot him into the halves. I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if there is no Matt Burton on the bench or in the side anywhere. Yeah, I mean, Ivan Cleary's probably going to want to get Tyrone May a little bit of time in the halves leading into the finals just in case him or I do go down. So, I mean, it, it, it isn't as clear-cut as I think it is. Um, and whilst anyone else in this game that you're interested in? No, I will just say with that dilemma that you've got, um, or, you know, just a bit of a selection quandary is I'd probably, I'd have to think about it a bit more, but I'd probably prefer an offer over Stags at this stage. But that's going to be, mm. like I say, I think I prefer Jackson Paulo straight up and then the two there. Um, no, I don't really know which way this game's going to go. The Tigers... Um, have been a bit hard to get a read on, to be honest. Um, like they've scored a lot of points in games, which is what I thought they'd be like at the start of the year. But, you know, Maguire tried to bring that grit in and, and you know, turn them into a gritty defensive team. That's all out the window now. They're just basically, you know, trying to outscore teams and score tries. I don't know whether they'll be able to do that against the Storm, particularly as they were a little bit loose in defence against um, the Cowboys. So I'm pretty sure that Bellamy is going to really try and tighten tighten that up so um yeah i think christian welsh is one he's, he's a left field pod to keep an eye on um because he's got those offloads and uh but apart from that yeah just your normal cameron munster and and cameron smith yeah i'm just looking at welch now i haven't really looked at him all season but he's uh, only one score under 50 since round eight his last three scores 64 50 87 67 before that so yeah some pretty solid numbers there um Although is yeah, well he's back in this week, isn't he? Um, but yeah, I mean it just looks like a one-sided affair this one. I think, as Desi said before, there's a lot of one-sided affairs this week. But the Storm should absolutely pump the Tigers here. They've had their moments in attack, but their defence is just they're on a different page to each other. And the fact that there's all these backline changes every single week, we now see Josh Reynolds come in for Luke Brooks this week. They're just dysfunctional, um, mate. It's it's hard to forge combinations when blokes are changing every week. So I mean. I think Cam Munster and Cam Smith are massive captaincy options this week as well. Moving on to the Roosters and Sharks, 7.35pm on Saturday at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Fair bit going on here with <clears throat> the Roosters, with James Tedesco rested, Joey Manu moved to fullback, Mitch Orbison will play his record-breaking game at the Roosters at centre. Freddie Lusick has been recalled to the bench. COCY Takiaho has also been rested, which is brutal for anyone who owns him, uh, alongside the news about Payne Haas. Jared Maria Hargreaves returns at prop. Lindsay Collins starts in the front row with Angus Crichton returning on the bench. Uh, sorry, returning to the bench. Sharks are unchanged after last week's crucial win over the Warriors. Uh, Des, I'll start with you, mate. And obviously, there's a lot of really, really good pot, pot options at the Roosters. Um, who do you like there? And I suppose the only one at the Sharks is Sean Johnson, who the uh, Sharks play the Roosters this week and then the Raiders this week. I'd be looking to sell all my Sharks players, be it Talakai, Johnson, whoever. Um, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, totally agree on SJ. I wouldn't be playing him in this one for sure. Um, it's a big decision for a lot of highly ranked teams, whether to um, sit him, play him, or sell him, like you said. 
um, selling him is completely viable there. Um, but yeah, I think with Teddy and TK arrested, I still think the Roosters' backline is just way too strong. Um, Joey Manu, he's a huge trade in for mine at fullback. Um, we saw last year he's capable of those 140 plus scores at fullback. So he's definitely one to think about. Um, but yeah, TK is a bit of a rough resting for me because I have him. So I have to trade him out as well alongside Teddy. Um, but yeah, Joey Manu is the one that I've got my eye on. Interesting, mate. And a lot of people may be looking, I mean, a lot of the carnage has been sort of in the forwards and maybe fullback to a lesser degree. Centres haven't probably been too badly affected at this stage, provided Mansour and Toto play. I mean, we know Man's gone, but uh, there'll be a lot of people interested in Tupu, Brett Morris, and you're talking up Joey Manu. Give us your top three in preference order to help people out who are looking at those three guys. Um, I'd go Manu first, just at fullback. He's a two-week play, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've got Manu at fullback this week, then back to centre next week, you'd assume. I'd, I'd put him at top of the list because I just think he could go absolutely huge in this one. Um, he He's tackle bust ability at fullbacks, similar to Teddy's. So I, I can see him going 100-plus in this game. Um, second, I'd probably have Brett Morris. Um, he scored 80-odd, 85 last week without a try um, and a couple of line breaks. So any, any centre scoring... Um, in the 80s without a try is very, very high on the list. And then thirdly, I'd round it out with Tupo. Nice, mate. Uh, Manu just got his stats up here. Three games at fullback last year for scores of 136, 22, and 74. So, I mean, the upside's obviously there. Um, whilst if you were ranking those three for this week, where would you go and what are your general thoughts on the game? So it was Manu, Brett Morris, and Tupu. And Tupu, yeah. Geez, Tupu was really good on the weekend. Um, I'm with Desi. I'm all in on Manu. Um, So I reckon if there's people out there that do have trades left and they're looking to make that change, I might even do it myself. But, um, you know, Joey Manu would be a great trade in this week. Uh, He he excels. I just got in my memory that that game where he went 120-plus at fullback, you know, he was just outstanding. Uh, Then I'd probably go Tupu. And then I'd go Brett Morris. Just Brett Morris, I can see Ikevalu, um on the extended bench there. If I was Trent Robinson, I'd be tempted to rest Brett Morris, you know. So um, an older player, just manage him through the final series. So I reckon there's a chance he could be a late withdrawal. Um, so, yeah, but, but, you know, like couldn't knock anyone who went any of the three. Yeah, um, I'd probably go uh, Daniel Tupu's a bloke I'd talk up every week. I was I was buying him the week after he ended up getting injured for his lengthy stint. Uh, all good say in hindsight, but I would have brought him in last week instead of Stags, and he went nuts, except just the Roosters had that far harder draw run home than the um, Broncos do. But, you know, what a stupid bloody move. The Roosters are the Roosters and the Broncos are the Broncos. So, you know, would have been nice, but can't have it all. Um, and whilst is it are the is there any chance the sharks get up for this, or is it just going to be a rooster's belting? Um. Uh, well, it's hard to say. It depends how much changes there are to that rooster's side. But I, I 
Oh, I don't think so. Not with JWH back and that. They're just a really strong side. I, I, they do lose Taukeaho, but I can't see the Sharks challenging him for more than 40 minutes. Um, mm. When you talk about Sean Johnson, I just looked at his stats and he has the worst average against uh, the Roos. I'm a fan of Sean Johnson, but he's not a, a player that's synonymous with, um, you know, liking it against hard teams. And so he's got the worst super coach. Uh, he, out of all his averages of every side in the NRL, his worst is against the Roosters. So um, I think... I think it's the right thing to sit him or not expect him to uh, to get much more than 50 on the weekend. Yeah, tough one there. Uh, moving on to the Raiders and Warriors, Sunday 2 p.m. at GAO Stadium. At the Raiders, Saliva Havili starts at hooker with Tom Starling moving to the bench. At the Warriors, who are now out of the running for the finals, Jermaine Tanua-Brown has been suspended. <clears throat> Adam Kieran starts at centre. Hayes Perham replaces George Jennings on the wing. Lachlan Burr starts at prop. Elias Katoa returns to the bench alongside debutant Tom Ale. Tom Ale absolutely stuffs my VC loophole plans this week. So thanks, Tommy boy. You're good on you. You and your Warriors, Walsh. But anyway, Des, who do you like in this game, mate? Um, anything at the Raiders? They've found a bit of form and have a nice run home? Yeah, obviously Johnny Bateman. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking at White and then George Williams as well. They've, they've both been on – fire lately I mean I, I thought the Dragons would give the Raiders a bit of a run last week and they did for a while but the Raiders second half form has just been scintillating they're, they're coming over the top of teams um, and I suspect that might happen in this one the Warriors don't really have much to play for after that heartbreaking loss so I, I think the Raiders could come over the top and guys like White and Williams could really bring it to them in the second half um, for the Warriors <sighs> RTS always he, he remains someone who's on the radar to sort of maybe replace Teddy um, for one week if you've got the trades up hand. But other than that, Tohu and Jazz are the only other two, as always, that are of any super coach relevance. Yeah, whilst the uh, as a Raiders fan and you being a Warriors fan, I can say that. The Raiders who are still in the hunt for the top four, hanging on if Parramatta can lose a game. I was disappointed to see the Warriors miss out on their top eight chances last week. I would have loved to see them make a run for the eight. But looking at this week's game, gee, I'm glad the Warriors don't have anything to play for because um, it would be a massive worry if they did. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think they'll still put up a spirited performance. Um, I think they've sort of turned the corner as a club under under Todd Payton. So um, I'd be disappointed if they sort of went the way of like St. George and um, Manly and Bulldogs and sides like that, which have just and West Tigers that have just basically given up in defence and have lost all their grit. I thought they were fair against Cronulla. They probably just tried a bit hard. It was the first time that they actually, you know, looked like you know people were talking about them making the semi-finals, and you know the occasion was was too much for some of their sort of fringe fringe reserve grade players that have been playing pretty well all year. They are very skinny in the front row. Obviously, you know, Lachlan Burr and Isaiah Papali in the front row. I mean, neither of them are starting NRL front rowers, um, both good fringe players. But the good the, the thing that I liked is Tohu Harris started in the front row and I expect it'll be similar. Um, Isaiah Papali will probably move back to the bench and Katoa will start in the back row. Um, but I think Tohu Harris's future is as a, 60 to 70 meter, uh, 70 minute um, 
front rower um, for the Warriors. I think he's just adds so much to him in the middle and allows you to have maximum minutes from Tohu Harris and maximum minutes from Jazz Tabunga. I think Jazz Tabunga will score pretty well this week and, and I think Joey Tapanay will, will get another good score as well. So I, I think I, we spoke about the halves from, from the Canberra Raiders a couple of weeks back and I did think that they were coming into a, a really good draw but you just can't trust them week to week in my opinion. <clears throat> Yeah, Jacko has finally started to put a bit of Supercoach uh, to translate his NRL form to Supercoach scoring. He's got a three-round average of 80 points per game. Um, I'm, I'm with you, though. I, I still don't think he's a great trading option. When there's Clearies and Munsters and these sort of guys there, I think there's a lot better picks than Jackie White. But it is good to see his Supercoach. He's becoming Supercoach relevant after a spell of, uh, well, throughout his career, he's been a 50 to 60-point max averaging player, but he's starting to look the goods. Josh Papali's been an odd one. As I said, I traded the last minute last week for Fanua Brown, uh, Fanua Blake, should I say. He played 35 minutes straight against the Dragons, and they then he had his spell, and the, they just got away from the Dragons as he was around about going to come on again, um, and Ricky still didn't have a need to play him again. I think Ricky would have been ideally wanting him to give him last week or this week off, but because they remain a chance at making the top four Papali will obviously be there. He won't get a rest. Um, if they get out to early leads, it'll be the same as last week. Papa will play 30, 35 minutes, maybe not next week. Um, but if the Warriors do stay in the grind, Papa could play that 60 to 65 minutes and be a great trading option. Um, but, look, the Raiders are playing some good footy, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them get out to a bit of a lead at Canberra Stadium um, and Papa plays his 30 to 35 again. So I think he's too big a risk to trade in for Payne Haas this week if you are looking that way. Moving on to the Knights and Dragons on Sunday at 4.05pm at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newey. <clears throat> at the Knights, Caelan Pong returns at fullback. Kurt Mann is suspended and 5'8 Mason Lino has been dropped. Tex Hoy moves to the halves. Chris Randall at dummy half and Phoenix Crosston joins the interchange. Heimel Hunt is recalled at centre in place of Gamat, Shibasaki and Mitch Barnett returns at lock with Jacob Saifidi dropping to the bench and Josh King at 18th man. At the Dragons, Tarek Sims replaces Billy Britton on the bench and Max Fiaghi debuts in place of Tyrell Fumayono. Um, Desi, give us your thoughts here. You mentioned you, you might be bringing in Caelan Ponga this week. Um, as we mentioned earlier, he big chance he retains the goal kicking this week, I think, now that Mason Luno's out. Who do you like here? Yeah, I don't have much for this one other than Ponga, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've pretty much got to bring him in at this point, so I apologise if I put the mocker on him to anyone who owns him. Um, but, yeah, I'd say he is probably a solid um, captain option this week. You'd expect the Knights to bring the pain as as the trend of the week is. They'll, they'll probably hammer the Dragons here. I could see 40-odd 40, 40 point scoreline difference. So, Ponga, yeah, he's, he's quite capable of going 150-plus in this one. Um, but, yeah, other than that, um, Lomax, obviously a big antipod for you. He may struggle as well again this week, so he's definitely one to consider sitting out if you own him. Desi, where does David Clemmer rank on your replacements for Payne House this week? Um, well, it, def- it depends where you're ranked and what you're trying to do because you know he's probably going to score in the 50 to 80 range. He doesn't really have much of a ceiling. So at this point in the season, I probably wouldn't be bringing him in just because you'd want a higher ceiling. Guys like Fanua Blake get the tick over him for me, but 
if you if you really want a consistent seventy points locked in, he's probably at the top of the list for consistency. Yeah, whilst what are your general thoughts on the game and from particularly from a supercoach perspective, the big two are, are probably Clemmer and Lomax. Um, would you be anti-potting Lomax or sticking strong? Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, that's a big decision for well, particularly the lad coming first. I think he's got Lomax, but um, maybe if, you know if he's out of trades and with all this carnage, he, he might not have any other choice but to play Lomax. So um, I don't think Lomax is a bad play. I'm not overly threatened by uh, either of the Knights centres. Um, so yeah, I mean he's he's delivered. For most of the year, the, the problem with the Dragons is they look a little bit lifeless, but I don't really trust the Knight mm. either, to be honest. So, mm. um, yeah, I, 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 I think he'd be a bloke. I, I like if I had Lomax and Nofaluma, as good as Nofaluma's been, I'd probably tend to think that Lomax against Newcastle is a better matchup. Um, you know, yeah, I'm with you, mate. It's probably a big call, but yeah, I, you know, I look at Newcastle as a fairly, you know, fairly uh, good side to score against. I think so. Um, the the one that I'd throw up there, um, if you're considering front, if you've got to consider front row replacements, is Daniel Saifidi. He was outstanding at the start of the year, had some injury troubles, but if you have a look at his scores before he got injured, um, when he was playing, you know, 55 to 60 minutes. Geez, he, he put up some massive scores. So, um, and even last week against the Roosters, seventy six is a great score. So, he's come back into a bit of form, um, and he might be like the pod front row forward that uh, that you need this week and in the last week. Yeah, I think Safedi is a huge play, and. The major reason being that I think with the Dragon season definitely over, I think the Knights can bounce back. They've got a pretty strong side this week. We know how good they were at the start of the year, particularly defensively. They've got their big three in Clemmer, Saifidi, Barnett back, which will be massive for their go forward and just winning the ruck, all that sort of stuff. Caelan Pong is back in the side. He's fresh after a week off. I think the Knights can win this one relatively well. David Clemmer has played big minutes last month. He played last four games, 58, 62, 68, and 66. This looks like a game to me where if the Knights do get a bit of a lead, Clemmer's going to be the first bloke that O'Brien's going to want to give a rest. Um, And on the flip side, Daniel Saifidi, who hasn't played much lately due to his injuries, he's going to want to get big minutes in Daniel Saifidi coming into the finals, and this could be the perfect opportunity to do it. So, mate, you're right. I think Daniel Saifidi is a huge player as a front-row replacement for Haas, um, for Noel Blake, Puppers, these sort of guys. So certainly one yeah. to keep an eye on there. Just looking at his PPM too, Timmy, like, I mean, yeah. all year, it's just basically minutes dependent because he's always had a PPM that's over 1.1. Um, I think one game, the, the game he got injured, he had a PPM of one, but – you know, it's sort of 2.2, 1.1, 1.2, 1.1. So up there getting 55 minutes, you know, he's he's going to be scoring, you know, very, very close to 60-plus. Yeah, and that's it. And minutes shouldn't be an issue, so huge play. <clears throat> Lads, let's move on to our round 19 trades. Um, and you're probably a bit like me and, and just being thrown up in the air because of these teams that have dropped and the restings and the uncertainty that's going on with teams, particularly Penrith. Um, but, Des, I'll start with you. What are your trades this week? And what are your trades? How many trades do you have left? 
And who's your captain and vice captain? Um, so I've got two trades left. Uh, I think I'm going to have to sell Teddy Deponga and Takeaho to AFB if he stays in the 17. Though I'm also um, considering bringing in Joey Manu for someone like Zach Lomax instead. So uh, that'll be sort of a game day decision, I'd say. Um, it's because it's my last two trades. I'm going to have to get them right. Um, and for the VC, I'm going Cook against the Dogs, hoping he um, goes ballistic against them and gets 121.30 and probably Captain Cleary against the Cowboys if he plays. And if he doesn't, um, then I'll go Munster. Yeah, like it. Um, Munster's a big play. Uh, I think a lot will go towards Cleary. In saying that, I think a lot of people this week are going to have a, f- a free shot at the VC loophole. So you might see a lot going Cleary VC and then sort of a Munster or Cam Smith captain combo. Um, whilst, what are your plans, mate? Uh, I'm seriously contemplating uh, bringing to- Tommy Turbo in for Tedesco just because I've got nothing to lose, I've got nothing to play for basically just a 1,000 for the week. So um, my theory is that not a lot of people will do it. Uh, so if I did it and I captained him and he did come back and get 120, then I'll probably be in a good spot, um, put myself in a decent position to win the 1,000. And then um, I'll probably bring in either Joey Manu or Campbell Graham for Dane Gagoy. Um, and that'll leave me with one trade for the last week. So, yeah, have a bit of a crack at winning the 1,000 this week, I think. Nice, mate. Um, yeah, I've got my, – my trades could be anything now that Fanua Blake's been named and Hass hasn't. Um, I think I'm probably going to throw my VC on Cody Walker on Thursday night, um, which will then give me the opportunity, if he goes big, to pull a few radical moves, um, which would probably involve trading Tom Ale and running a front row of short this week um, to utilise that VC loophole. But, I mean, Cody, you'd have to go really big for me to even warrant considering doing that. So I honestly don't know what I'll do. It'll be Payne Haas to – provided Payne Haas is out next week as well, it'll be Payne Haas to one of them front rowers, Fodder Waker, Daniel Saifidi's got me a little bit interested whilst after you're talking about him there. So I don't know there. I honestly have no idea. I'm not trying to hide it because I'm up there. I don't know what I'm doing. So we'll, we'll work it out and chat about it on social media. Guys, if you have enjoyed this Supercoach Playbook podcast and articles this year and we're in a position to support us, you can donate via the tab in the article holding the podcast. Happy days if you'd like to. If you haven't, we've had a ball putting it all together regardless. So as long as you've enjoyed it, we've been able to lend some advice. That's all that matters. Guys, let's jump into a few questions before we wrap it up. And we'll start off with a shout-out to Shan Warren, who's been stuck at home for the past two months with a busted Achilles. According to his mate, Chris, he's grown an extra chin every week in that time. Tough stuff, mate. The lads are going head-to-head in there for a grand final spot in their Supercoach League this week. Um, Shan's pretty due for a change of luck by the sound of it. So we hope you're feeling better, mate, and um, knock off Chris O in this one as well. Then we'll get on to a question from Mr. Smith on Twitter. says, hey, guys, Ponga this week or wait for Turbo? says you can cover the position with Teddy with his trade and I'm looking for a high upside play. Is there anyone else you'd consider for the top score of the last two rounds? We've sort of just spoken about it, Desi, but, I mean, you're a different position. So would you be looking to trade Ponga in Ponga for Turbo? Or Ponga, um, or, Turbo? Ponga or Turbo if you've got the choice? 
I'd probably go turbo if he's if he's definitely coming back. I'd probably I'm pro- I'll probably be in the same position as Walsh and just throw turbo in. But yeah, I, I just don't see. I don't think he'll come back. To be honest, there's just no way they'd risk it. But if they do, then bring him in. I'd say he's better than Ponga by by a tad. Yeah, there was a lot of questions on Ponga and obviously Tommy Turbo, which um, this was even before Teddy got ruled out. It basically, it'll just come down to your, your personal scenario and it's going to change for everyone. If you look at your head-to-head matchup um, and you have to consolidate and you think you're looking pretty good to win your week, I think Ponga's just the safer play, particularly with goal-kicking duties back now. No certainty that Tommy Turbo's back. Um, if you, you, know, you might be sitting 200 overall or sitting 1,200 and trying to jump into the top 1,000 or you need a miracle to win your super coach, well, Tommy Turbo's the play there. You go the big pod with the massive upside. Um, but, yeah, it, honestly, it changes for every single person who's out there. Jason Colley asks, play Ferguson versus the Broncos this week ahead of Isaiah Yo. What do you reckon, Wiles? Oh, geez, I couldn't, I couldn't tip you into that, but I'm not real keen on Isaiah Yo. As well, you know, I think you'd be a player that's had a fairly rugged season um, and he's just trying to manage him through at the moment, Cleary, uh, Ivan Cleary that is. So, um, yeah, I'd probably lean towards Yo because um, Fergo's been going pretty ordinary this year. What would you do, Des? <laughs> of course you play Fergo. I'm a Fergo owner. This is the one week where he could actually oh, yeah. score a hat-trick. Oh, they play the Bronx, don't they? Yeah, just – yeah. Yeah, I was, I was wondering what your hesitance there was whilst with Yo. I'm like, surely you play Fergo in that one. Yeah, I suppose. But, I mean, he hasn't done much this year, Fergo. I mean, he got that try and, um, yeah, I suppose you've got to play him against the Broncos, haven't you? Yeah. The way Corey uh, has gone. Yeah. Question from DY says, friends, I've got two head-to-head still going and wondering if it's worth chasing Josh Adokar with the Storm's last two games. He's wondering who he trades. Options are Yo, Murray, or Rudolph, but that leaves him low on cash for the last trade, hopefully next week. So basically, is Josh Adokar worth it despite his uh, his low base? And if so, does he, do you trade Yo, Murray, or Rudolph? Tough question. I'd, I'd probably be trading Yo. Um, I just don't think he's going to be great over the last two weeks. I don't think he'll play 80 minutes. He'll probably average 50 to 60, whereas Adokar's got that ceiling of 100-odd. But, yeah, he's going to have to score tries. So, But it's head-to-head, so I, I say go for it. Um, I'd probably keep Murray and Rudolph's a solid backup player as well. Yep. Andrew Jarvis asks, who to move on, Fafida, Tavanga or Yo, and upgrade to Smith or Angus Crichton? Well, sorry, that one was obviously asked before, before teams drop it. I mean, Yo looks a bit of a worry now, and Angus Crichton's been named on the bench. So Cam Smith's your man for sure. Um, and then, I mean, I, I assume while she'd be moving on Yo out of Fafita, Tavanga, and him. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's Fafita's a bit iffy for me because, um, again, the Broncos look to have given up on their season, but they're going to give him a lot of clean ball, and oh, you'd hope so just pass the ball to him. That was, it was like under sevens last week. Um, so there was like three or four blokes from the Titans waiting for him every time he had the ball. But um, maybe they can get a bit creative and work out a way to, you know, take some of those defenders off him. And one-on-one, he's really hard to handle. He did drop a ball over the line last week too. So, yeah. 
That drop ball was absolutely heartbreaking. He knocked about three blokes over, carried another three to the line, and then there was that swinging arm over the top that knocked the ball out about thirty, about ten centimeters from the line. That was brutal. Hey, and on the storm, one from Jack the Ripper, he says, "With Melbourne having a rel- relatively easy last two rounds, is it still w- worth bringing in Cam Smith, considering he may be rested towards the end of the game? Uh, what do you reckon, Des? Can you see Smith?" getting rests in these games or not? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think they'd bother. He's already sort of had a couple of rests. Um, I think if they were going to rest him, they would have done it last week or the week before. They've, I don't know. If I just don't, I don't see it happening. I think he's fit enough to keep playing. He wouldn't want to be rested. Yeah, historically they don't rest Smith for some reason. I think it's because he doesn't want to be rested. So, yeah. They they give him he doesn't normally get rested from games, but he very often gets rested with about twenty to go when they're well up. And while I'd still definitely be bringing him in, Brandon Smith's been named at eighteenth man. They'll be wanting to get minutes under his belt. And you look at the middles at Melbourne now. They've got Fasua Malawi, uh, Asafa Solomona, Welch, Bromwich. Um, minutes have got to give there somewhere. So if they're well up, you know maybe Cam Smith does get a spell with twenty to go, which to give um, Brandon Smith a bit more time. So, I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, Calenbra says, I've got one trade left, so should I bring in someone based on matchups like a John Bateman or just hold it in case of injury for the final round? So the way he's asked the question, I, I suspect he's got a strong 17-man squad. Would you be bringing Bateman in to get it even stronger, Des, or would you hold it for the last week? Um, yeah, well, it depends on how t- how hard teamlets hit you this week, but uh, obviously Bateman's borderline a must-have, so I-, I wouldn't fault you for making that trade. But, yeah, of course, it's always good to have that one trade left for the final round. That's what I did last year. It's, it's a pretty pretty safe move. Yeah. What do, what do you reckon, Wilson? I suppose, again, it's, it's so hard with the teams that have been named, but uh, what's your take on... You know, let, let's say your seventeenth man is a bloke who might score your fifty to fifty-five points. Maybe a Toby Rudolph this week. Would you be looking to strengthen him into an out-and-out gun, or would you be looking to save that trade this week? Oh, I think, given the carnage and you know the way the season's gone down, you just try and get seventeen decent players onto the field um, this week. And if that requires you to use your trade, well, you got to use your trade. You got to play this week first, but. Um, if you can save that trade, like Des said, then save it. It, it. it all depends whether he's still in head-to-head finals and that. Like if you're in head-to-head, you, it's it's you know you, you win the game first and then worry about next week. You know what I mean? Because yeah, maybe he's getting paid money for coming second, or if you get into the grand final, you get you know half the pool or something like that. So it's all all sort of um, specific to your own situation, but. Yeah, I mean, if you can save a trade for the last week, particularly this this last round, you're probably going to need it. Yeah, that's it. And one thing that's oh, – there's been a lot of questions and a lot of worry about people believing that there'll be a lot of rest next weekend going into the finals and whatnot. Um, I can't see it myself. I, I, don't, I, I don't – I think it's very rare that you see – teams going into finals rest players in the final round of the competition they always do it in the second last round before the competition to give them that chance to to get that momentum going into the first week of finals so i mean it means next week we're gonna have tedesco back um we're gonna have you know there's a chance it might be like a pain hash but kurt Mann will be back from injury who's very well owned so next week you know 
you say this now, things can change very quickly, but next week shouldn't be as hard fielding a 17 as this week. So maybe it is worth bringing Bateman in this week in the belief that next week shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, I think it depends uh, on the position on the ladder, Timmy, too. Like if you're a top four side, um, you're less likely to rest your players in the last round because if you win the game, you get a week off anyway. Um, but if you're in the bottom four and it's, you're going into straight knockout, so if you're – um, what do you, what have you got? Cronulla, Canberra, um, who's the other two? Newcastle, Newcastle, South Sydney, South Sydney. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if 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 a few of those teams rested blokes the week before the the, the finals. Because if you're gonna, you've got to go on a run where you've got to win what three or four games in a row to win the comp. Then um, a week's rest probably serves a few of those players well, particularly if it's a nothing game. It's a very good point you make, mate, one that I hadn't considered. And on top of that, if Parramatta win this week, that 5-8 to eight is pretty well locked in. The order might change a little bit, but um, they're, I think they're all going to have nothing games next week. So, yeah, I mean, in that case, particularly forwards who have had a big year, um, Josh Papali being a prime example, yeah, they could be guys who could get a rest. And the other thing is all these blokes who haven't had game time this year because – of COVID and there hasn't been a reserve grade competition. Um, if there's a nothing game on the line, coach is going to want to get game time into these sort of players. So definitely something to think about. Just one last question, Desi, as a Manly fan, Adam Thompson asks, surely Jervo's minutes are going up with no AFB this week. This is if AFB doesn't play, obviously he's been named. Would you be going Barnett, Jerbo, or Cam Murray to Crichton? Angus Crichton. This is if Angus Crichton was to start. Um, I would probably go Gerbo, to be honest. I mean, Barnett and Murray just have the um, capacity to score higher. They they have more tackle by stability and probably way more potent in attack. So I'd probably be selling Gerbo at this point. He's not going to get any better than 60, 70 in base. The attacking stats aren't coming. Even when he did score a try, um, he only scored 70 odd the other week so he's a sell for mine yeah I'm with you mate really frustrating one Angus Crichton because I think Robbo's going to want to get good minutes into him this week ahead of finals particularly with his resting a few players like Takiaho. Um the fact that Mitch Orbison's been named at centre bodes well for him and I just it wouldn't shock me at all to see him getting a start come Saturday night but they're the third game on Saturday so it's going to, going to be too late in the round for anyone to really bring him in as a pod which is a bit of a bugger but I mean, if you can afford to wait that long, good luck to you. Anyway, lads, that's it for tonight. We'll wrap it up there. Cheers, Desi. Yeah, cheers, Wells. Cheers, Timmy. Hoping for a a bloodbath on Thursday night for you. Mate, big night. Cheers, Wells. Go the Kuma Stallions. Up the Stallions. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you, lads.